Are you more comfortable being busy, with your mind active, consuming something, doing something, reading something, watching something, scrolling something, or are you more comfortable being alone and quiet without doing anything? Where are you more comfortable? Because how you determine where your comfort level is says something about the condition of your heart. And you're going to be asking, okay, why? Why? And we're going to get to that in a minute. I think the enemy has done a great job. I, you know, I ne- used to never spend much time talking about the enemy because I think the enemy doesn't deserve any attention. Um, our enemy, his name is Satan. He's uh, the number one fallen angel. And he's, he's hell-bent to make your life hell-ish. And he wants to disrupt any good thing that God has purposed your life. And so lately I've become more attuned to his tactics and, and with, with hopes of exposing them to, to allow more of us to be set free into God's purposes for our life. So one of the biggest things that I'm seeing that he's doing in our world today, in, in our life, um, and our culture today is keeping us, our minds active all the time. So whether it is, you know, on your phones all the time, scrolling, liking, chatting, whatever, or it's, you know, the socials, the, the, the social media, the YouTube videos, the, or the, maybe the books you're consuming or the movies you're watching, um, or just even projects and busy, 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 and your mind is always active. And the reason why the enemy loves that is, is if you're so attentive to this, how many people can actually just set this down and walk away for it, from it for a couple hours? <laughs> okay, how many people can't do that? <laughs> I know it's hard, it's hard. But, but here's the reality is, is, now I've been one, I've been one that I've realized is I love projects, I love being busy, I love getting things done. And, and I used to pride myself. I, I used to say, how good was my day? It was, was based on how productive I was. And as much as it's good to work hard, the Bible tells us to work hard. Man is worthy, uh, you know, wages for his work. It's important to work. But I also feel like what was happening in my life is I was substituting work for covering up me not needing to feel. And, and I think what has happened is with our busyness of our minds, the problem that we're facing is, is we've lost the ability to know how to feel. Think about that for a moment. And, and, and the reason why the enemy wants to do that is because if you don't feel, then, then you can numb yourself with a bunch of things. And the, the thing is, the Holy Spirit works with you through your feelings, Yes, your mind as well. Uh, some people would say, well, I'm a thinker, not a feeler. And, and I would say, guess what? You might be more prone to one way or the other, introvert, extrovert, you know, or personality types. But, but guess what? Jesus made you to feel. He made you to feel. He made you to feel all those good emotions. And then there's no bad emotions, by the way. If you ever, I would encourage you, if you have not taken emotionally healthy relationships, that I think is what started to crack my hard heart open <laughs> a little bit, started to bring healing into my heart because it, it, it uncovered the ability to learn how to process emotions in a healthy way, the way God's designed us to do that. 
And so, so what we're realizing is, is God actually speaks to us through our emotions. It, it actually tells us something about who we are, what we value, and, and what it is that, that's happening on the inside of us. And so, but as long as we're busy, preoccupied, then, then we forget to, to know how to feel. Okay, let's get to the scripture you want to hear from the word of God. Colossians chapter one, we're going through a series. It's only four weeks long. Pastor Richie is going to be preaching chapter two next week. You could be pretty excited for Pastor Richie to be preaching to us. We love him worshiping, leading us in worship, but he's going to give us the word next week. So here it goes. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ in Colossae. So he's writing to the faithful believers in this city called Colossae. And now, this is Paul who's writing. Paul himself never was a disciple of Jesus. He didn't walk with Jesus when Jesus was alive. He had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, uh, a, a huge spiritual encounter that he began to understand the ways of God and the kingdom of God. But he wrote to all of these, he's an apostle, which means is a sent one. He goes and shares the good news of Jesus with others. But So Paul himself actually never had gone to Colossae, but he's writing that was the mode of communication back then. He's writing them a letter as an encouragement. Now, the interesting thing, he's probably writing this about 30 to 33 years after Jesus was alive on earth. So a very short time since Jesus's crucifixion. Paul now is writing this to this, this, um, this city. This is what he says. We give thanks. We always thank God, our, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. By the way, it's important to be as followers, be praying for people. It's interesting, we start praying for people. God links your hearts to really contend for the things that God has for them. And so Paul's praying. He goes, I pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, of the love, can you say the word love? Love. That you have for all the saints. We're going to be talking about love today. And it's so important that we, we realize that that love emotion uh, is, is so unfamiliar to the way that God has intended for us to understand love um, because our world has twisted what love means. Okay, this is what he says now. Of this, verse, uh, second part of verse five. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also among you, also, sorry, as it also does among you since the day you heard it, you understood the grace of God in truth, just as you heard it from um, Epaphras. Epaphras was the one who actually got the gospel into Colossae, not Paul. He's mentioning who, was, who brought the gospel to them. Our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. He has made known to, to us your love in the spirit. So here we go. Love in the spirit. Here's this love thing again. So he's commending them for their love for each other, but the love that he's talking about is a spiritual love. And this is why we need to understand what love is. This is one of those feelings that, that we, we struggle with understanding how to deal, deal with this feeling of love and give love. And yet, it's the very thing that we're commanded to do. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? And so, so this is like the ultimate command, and yet the enemy's knowing how to keep us busy, keep us preoccupied, keep us not knowing how to feel, and then we can't actually do the very thing that gives us the greatest fulfillment, by the way. What I'm discovering in my own life is, is as my heart has become softened and, and my connections are growing in my relationships through this love, that I am feeling more full and more satisfied, more content, and more whole. And I think when we sang that song about holy, holy, I think there's that word holy is not like, hey, righteous living. It's about holiness, which is this pure purity in our relationships, and he wants us to have a pure relationship with our Father, which is this, this, this completely transparent and, and open relationship with our Father in heaven through Jesus Christ, allowing the Holy Spirit the courage to give us the courage to be vulnerable before the Lord and before each other in our relationships. Love, love in the Spirit. By the way, um, if you have gone to any um, Celebrate group, a Christian one especially, but Celebrate Recovery will teach you this, um, and, and I love it. And by the way, each one of us probably should have all gone through Celebrate Recovery at some point because we all have hurts, hangups, and habits, right? And what they would tell us is if there's any addiction in your life, addiction is rooted out of lack of connection, when you're not connected in deep, meaningful relationships, we substitute those longings in ourselves to, be, to feel a certain way, and so we substitute the unhealthy because we don't have the healthy, which is these deep-rooted relationship connections. So they would say part of your recovery, part of your process of becoming whole is to know how to take broken relationships, restore them, Build deep relationships. Be present in your relationships. That's the other thing about busyness, right? It's really hard. I've just realized this, that I will have a conversation then forget what, what we just talked about <laughs> because I'm not present in our conversation. Emotionally healthy relationships, again, we'll talk about incarnational listening, which is so important too. Like how do you listen in a way that you're so very present in the moment that the person feel, feels valued and heard and then there's deeper connection because there's real communication. Verse 9. And so from this day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. This word knowledge, uh, which is going to be mentioned a little bit down. I told you this is a little bit of smorgasbord, so maybe you're going to pick up on this one a little bit, this word knowledge. This word knowledge, I think in our Western society, we're very big on educating the mind. And so whenever we hear knowledge, we feel like we've got to go to a book and study something. That's knowledge. That's how we gain knowledge. But really what this is, he's trying to talk to us about here is the knowledge, which is knowing. Knowing knowing a person, not necessarily knowing information. And so what he's saying is that he wants you to be filled with the knowledge. In other words, he wants you to be filled with knowing who God is so much so that he can actually share with you what's on his heart for your life. 
So he says the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So his will, he has something planned for you, but is rooted first and foremost in his relationship with you that comes by a knowledge of who he is. And it works both ways. We have to come to this place where our heart gets opened up, where we begin to have a wholeness in our relationship with him, a desire to be open, not perfect, you know, the whole reason why confession of sin is, is really important is because we realize that we are sinful people, that, that we, we will make mistakes. Actually, just this past week, I had to confess something to Audra. It says, you know when I said such and such? The way I said it was like, I said it that you would hear something, but, but behind what you heard was a different meaning that I had, and I wasn't truthful with that. And I had to come back and say, hey, would you forgive me? Because really what I meant to say is this. And so she could hear my heart of what I really wanted to say, but I wasn't honest in my, what I was approaching in my conversation. And so that being, bring that, what did that do? That, that brought our relationship closer together. Because she, she knew that I cared that my heart connected with her in a different way by being honest. But this is what this honesty is. We're, we're honest with the Lord. We confess our shortcomings to the Lord. But we say, God, we, we want all of you. And we, we give you permission to come into our hearts and into our lives and, and do the work that you need to do. So the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And the spiritual thing, so wisdom and understanding are actually spiritual gifts that we know about. But, but what he's doing is saying, this is a spiritual thing. This is not just a natural thing. This is a spiritual thing. Spiritual thing of knowing and wisdom. Wisdom is understanding how to do something. And he's then saying how to live and walk out in this kingdom of God life that he wants you to live. So he has a plan and a purpose for you. He wants you to know him in this intimate, deep way. And then he wants to give you the wisdom to know how to walk out this, this relationship that he has with you in this world called the kingdom of God this new place, this, when you're a new creation, following Jesus, now we get to walk in the kingdom of God here and now, by the way. Kingdom of God is not waiting for heaven. Kingdom of God is learning how to walk in a spiritual relationship with God and with one another. These are deeper things. These are just not physical things, but they're deeper spiritual things. This is why he's calling it a spiritual wisdom and knowledge. Okay, now here we go. Um, verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. There's a feeling word, by the way. Giving thanks, thankfulness is a feeling, to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of all the saints in light. So basically saying our inheritance is like you start becoming part of a family. This family of God, which is, which is light and life and love and connection and deep meaning and understanding and being known. This is why we talked about why groups are so important. Because if you're not in relationships where somebody knows your story, somebody knows what's going on in your life right now, that you don't have somebody who can come alongside with you and pray for you and encourage you and build you up. That's what church is. And this is why we keep saying, you know, churches are small groups, not just coming together on a Sunday morning. Giving thanks to the Father has qualified you. So in other words, everybody is qualified. It's through what the work of Jesus Christ has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness 
I guess if Paul's talking about darkness, I can talk about darkness. And transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. So he tells us the way that we can experience this love, that we can experience this wholeness, and we can experience this, this true transformation that takes place in our heart is through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we celebrated that Good Friday last week and then Easter Sunday, that resurrection life, that he is redeeming the broken things and the broken hearts and the hurtful things and the sinful things that we have walked into. And, and by the way, I just want to give you some encouragement. I, I know the enemy wants to condemn you when you do something wrong, but I, I truly believe the enemy has been laying traps for you and creating snares. And, and I'm not upset at you. I would be upset at the enemy, the devil, who's trying to trap you and ensnare you. And he's trying to shame you to say, you know what? I can't expose this to the light. But right now I'm in this mode of like, I'm exposing anything we can, anything that's in the darkness into the light. Expose it. Why? Because it breaks the power. It breaks the power. And see, I'm so sick of the enemy that, that has told us the lie that somehow that we've just kind of get through life. That somehow we just kind of like, okay, I'm assured of, assured of my relationship with God. We'll just get through there and we'll just be faithful and we'll just get there. And what you realize that he wants us to have a full life here and now. And that full life is rooted first and foremost in our knowing that deep intimacy, intimate relationship with our father allowing him into our heart and that we know his love in such a way that he tears apart all these calluses and these shields that we've put around our heart and that we begin to feel again. Now, let me talk about why um, the dangers of the enemy is put on us with the busyness. Busy prevents us, it's safe, by the way, busyness is safe. Keeping your mind active is very safe because you don't have to feel. If you don't have to feel, then you don't um, have to get confused by what you're feeling or you don't have to even ask, why am I feeling that way? But it is one of the, the greatest things that God has given us is that gift is feelings because it's communicating something. It's communicating something. Now, our world doesn't or our culture, especially in New England, we, we are, we're tough. We can just fight through anything. And we don't, this idea of being tender, this idea of being uh, vulnerable is really, really hard. But it is the very place that I believe that God is calling us to, to find healing. And, and healing from the, the wounds that have taken place in our life that have hurt our heart, which ultimately puts a shield, which then makes us like we don't want to feel, but it affects our relationships. And remember what I said, the lack of connection pushes us to addiction. And addiction can be anything from food to on your phone to anything that you can't put away for a season of time. Anything that you, it feels like it's driving you. Anything that's like compelling you. It's like you, you just can't put it away and, and it's just keep coming resurfacing. And you just know it's not great for you, but yet you just can't shake it. But I would ask the question is, why is that there? Is it possible because you're lacking deep connection that God really has intended for you to have this knowing and being known? You see, it's, it's all about 
being known as well. Verse 15, he says, He is in the image of the invisible God, talking about Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all were created through him uh, and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. This is why this church is not about any one of us. This church is about Jesus Christ. Our job is to serve one another. I just carry a different role than maybe you have. But, but we're all in this looking to Jesus together. My job is to point you to Jesus. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He is that in everything he might be preeminent. In other words, he is preeminent. The first of everything. The top of everything. The beginning of everything. The first of your day. The last of your day. The most important thing of your day. The first thing on your mind. The most important thing on your mind. He is the preeminence. And what he's doing is he's saying, I, I want to be in the relationship with you that, that satisfies the deepest longings of your heart. But you've got to come to a place where you trust me. You've got a place where like, I'm the most important thing in your life. That when we begin to posture ourselves that way, it says, and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. See, see, we, we lack peace, and so we try to fill it up with busyness. Busyness, busyness, busyness. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Watch, 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 watch. Busy, busy, busy. In the car, got to listen to something. Talk radio. You know, get home from work preoccupied. You say hi, you know, you're saying hi to your family or spouse or whatever, and you're not really listening. You're just busy. Your mind's preoccupied. And, and then you lack meaningful relationships. And then you wonder why something's unfulfilled in your life. And then you try to fill it with the wrong thing. The enemy uses it now to snap and snare and trap you. And then it spirals. Meanwhile, God is just saying, I just want to know you. I want you to know me. I want to be in a relationship with you. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to be talking about love. You see, Paul commends the church in Colossae for, for its love for, for God, but I believe it's for love for one another. And in our world today, we don't understand how to love. We, you know, we talk about um, love from Maybe a sexual love. So, you know, making love. And we know love that way is really all that is, is the world has twisted it. But that is the most vulnerable thing that you can do with a lifelong partner, with your spouse. Young people, by the way, save that. Save that special gift for that special person when you get married. Because, because that thing is, is so intimate. Is to be shared by only one person for the rest of your life. And that's to be a reflection of God's intimacy with us. To be, I know there's young people here, but to be, <laughs> analogy, use my words properly here. To be bare with one another. And, and that's really what God wants us to do. See, it's a reflection of what God's intimacy with us. He just wants us to be bare with him. To say, God, here's my heart. I surrender everything to you. And, and I'm willing for you to love me broken as I am and put me back together that I might become whole, holy, that I might be in right relationship with you and with others. 
that I might feel the most satisfaction in my life that I've ever longed for and dreamed for, that everything else compares, that I would have no desire to be addicted to anything because the fullness of what I experience in my earthly relationships and my relationships with you, deep meaning, deep connection, fully transparent, fully vulnerable, satisfies the deepest longings of our heart. My takeaway for you today is this. Would you allow the Lord to love you in a way that you can be vulnerable with him, which basically says this, Lord, here's my life. Here's my heart. Here's my brokenness. Here's my pain. Here's my shortcomings. Here's my sin. I give it all to you. And then you trust him. You trust him. And what's going to happen is, in, is as you do this, you might feel emotion and you might get weepy and that's okay. That's, that's God. Emotions are good. Remember, God works through emotions. But what's going to happen over the next couple weeks as you, as you lay bare before the Lord, you're going to feel very vulnerable because you have not exposed that part of your life in a long time. And what's going to, you're going to want to do is you're going to want to snag it back. You're going to want to like put a cover back over it. You want to like shield it again. And it's like, it's, it's easier to do that because I'm comfortable. I know how to manage that. But it still leaves you lacking the deep, meaningful relationships. Earthly relationships, but also your relationship with him. That then drives you back into a place where you're not satisfied the deeper satisfactions of your life, the abundance of life that God is entrusting for us or, or wants for us. So as you become to these places of being vulnerable, I, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you need to find a friend or a life group again, just to encourage you in that. And it's like, man, I'm feeling so vulnerable right now. Help me with that. And somebody just pray with you. But then you're going to get through this and all of a sudden you're going to realize that, that God is, is producing a garden in your heart of beautiful fruitfulness that is going to allow you to fulfill the, the wildest, deepest desires of your heart. And he has that for you because he loves you. He thinks the world of you. He longs to be with you. He longs to be with you, to spend time with you, that you could just share your heart with him. And he will share his heart with you. And that relationship is going to be the most beautiful relationship, the most satisfying thing that's going to spill out into your human relationships as well. Let's pray. Lord, we, we hear that you're speaking to us, that you're wanting us to grow in our, our understanding of what love is, understanding what this knowing is, and this understanding of, of learning to walk in wisdom and knowledge, spiritual wisdom and knowledge, and that is that's this, this deep, deep connection with you where we become open and transparent with you Lord that we give you our heart in love and love is just saying I trust you love is saying I'm open with you and that Jesus as you bring healing to our hearts in those moments of feeling vulnerable let us sit in it let us walk in it let us be not quick to be like the clam that closes back up real fast, but it just we allow you to do the work that you need to do. And then in that you'll produce just great things, great things where we're going to find that there's so much more meaning to life than the busyness of the scrolling, of the chatting. 
of the consuming, of the half-listening, of the busyness, the preoccupation. And we miss the listening and being. Lord, I'm mindful when Jesus kind of gave a, an analogy with Mary and Martha and Martha was scurrying around just being busy and Mary was just hanging out, just really understanding what it meant to have a relationship of just being, enjoying. Help us to find time, to spend time to be with you, Lord. Give us the courage to open up our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.